From a secret location in room 100 of 540 Jack Gibbs Boulevard, this is Craft. I'm your host, Doug Dangler. Mike Vile is a singer-songwriter who has, for the last four years, been on the road describing his life experiences and making songs out of that. He'll appear Friday, November 13th with six string concerts, and more information is available at www.crafttheshow.com. Welcome to Craft, Mike Vile. Thanks for having me. Tell me about some of your stuff that you're working on these days. You're a singer-songwriter after having been an English teacher. That's correct. I, uh, you know, I taught English for eight years. Uh, I'm a teacher in hiatus, and I, I just decided I wanted to give music my full attention. And I hit the road. I, I'm coming up on my thousandth uh, show real soon, and uh, got a tour planned. And just, I just been writing a lot, and just seeing if it makes connections with people on the road. I'm doing it the DIY way, the old folk style way. So it's it's been really good, really fun. Right, and you have what Sting as a. Uh a model, oh right? Because he was a uh, an English teacher, I think, for a while. But uh, you know, that's a great path to follow. And I mean, not only do I love Sting's music, I I read his memoir, and there's a ch- there's chapters about him like coming home from gigs and trying to teach when he's like half asleep and rushing out from the classroom to try to get to a gig. And um, my life was never that chaotic when I was trying to balance the two. Teaching was always the full attention. Uh, I didn't let my work suffer because of my music. I kind of let my music suffer because of my work. Um, but I could I could relate to those themes. So it's funny that you bring up Sting. Tell me about your newest single. Uh, you've got one I think was inspired by a relative of yours. That's correct. Yeah, David Pawecki. He was the he's the youngest state senator, and he was uh, in Michigan. And um, he he handled his his discovery that he had cancer with such grace. It was it was it was a really it was a moving tribute uh, to to watch how he spent time with his family and uh, just decided not to really not to really uh, fight the cancer in the in the normal way once once the cancer treatments were really weren't taking effect um, and he he called his sons in uh, to the room uh, one of his last days and he had this dying wish that he wanted to create a pay it forward movement and he gave all of his friends and family a uh, hundred dollars to give to somebody else and it was we we were at the the VFW hall after the funeral and his sons were given a speech and these envelopes were just passed around the tables and and we we opened up the envelopes. Um, and I'm from a Polish family. You got a you got a picture that you know weddings and funerals are pretty big events. <laughs> there's mm-hmm. probably 200 people. Um, so we all got these envelopes, and, and there's this little card and message to to give this gift away to somebody in need. And um, don't worry about what happens to it. You know, it was it was a real freeing a real freeing gift and a great message. And you know, I, I woke up the next year and I was trying to write 52 songs that year. I had a little 52-song project, and that was the first one that came out, was Burnin' Bright, uh, Thoughts About Life and Death, and really from the perspective I think of his sons is where I'm writing from on that song. Ain't life strange how time promises tomorrow It were a thread of gold caught without sorrow There's only one star I see up in the sky On a lonely night I think of you 
burning bright. What kind of reactions have you gotten on the on tour from Burning Bright? Um, do do people say, you know, I know somebody who is also in a, a situation in their life that was really difficult for them, and this would be a good song for them? Or how do they respond to you? It's a great question. Um, you know, the song the song's hard for me to play. Um, I, I'm, I've been performing it for a while, and I waited a while to even get it on on you know on tape proverbially speaking i mean digitally recorded but um it was, it was the first time i tried to play it on tour i was on tour with chris dupont and francis luca cord really great friends and we ended up at my hometown as the last show and i i decided i was going to play that song and like i was crying trying to talk about the story and and i don't get upset like that publicly um so i i it's been more of like powerful to watch how people have reacted to um an emotional song and responding to that emotion uh, in different ways, not just with knowing somebody who's been sick, but but just thinking about what's important in life. That it's brought up a lot of conversations at the merch table uh, about things like that. So, is that something that you know? I mean, it seems like it's maybe it could drag you down. You know, you say at the merch table, they come up and they tell you about these really powerful emotional experiences. On one hand, I see that as a great way to connect with people. On the other hand, I feel like you've got to be kind of exhausted by the end of talking to a bunch of people about uh, constantly emotional topics at the ends of concerts. That's a really important balance a songwriter and a writer has to keep in mind. When you go there and you want to take people there with your writing, you're ultimately going to go there with them on their journeys too uh and they're going to want to talk about those stories from their lives and you have to be willing to go there with them as well fortunately as a songwriter i control my set list so if i'm going to play burning bright i'm going to follow up with a song about my new baby uh and people are responding to that new song really well and that that's the one you know they want to talk about those two moments and you get that 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 circle of life um and that balance and it's not bringing me down it's very cathartic but i could totally understand when when it could be you know if you're a, if you're a nick drake songwriter and you're always going to that place heck that's a deep place to go <laughs> yeah yeah so what are the things that you do to uh, say deal with that on the the road i think you write haiku as, as one of them is that right those are keeping me sane doug right. um I, yeah i mean as a full-time musician i i'm 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 really getting lucky to get some great gigs. So my, my time coming to Columbus in November is is definitely a highlight gig, uh, playing at a theater. But I'll make no bones about it. I mean, the, I'll be playing at bars to pay the bills. And when you're playing at the bars, people are coming up asking for Kid Rock. If I get asked for Kid Rock one more time in Detroit, I'm going to scream. Um, and I'll, I have stories about Kid Rock that I can share another time. So like I I will be like on a set break, and these are the three four hour bar gigs. You know, this is like crazy nashville style if you go to broadway street and see those guys and ladies playing for three four hours straight like that's that's what i'm doing like i i've got a 300 song list and 100 of my own songs and i, I can just play for hours which is a curse and a blessing because i get a lot of bar requests and a lot of drunk stories and um only I've only had somebody try to fight me once at a bar so that's good was it over a song choice or something else oh it was over not letting this gentleman sing and play my guitar, <laughs> which people always are like, can I play? Can I play? And I get it. I, I, I understand. I, I was that way when I was in college. I, I, I'm, I'm paying for my own um, an annoying 
inquisitions with musicians when I didn't know better. But it's it's really a <laughs> no. You cannot play at my gig. I'm sorry. I don't I don't go to your your form of work and ask to do your job. So, <laughs> although maybe that's what you do. You follow up the next day as a, a form of helping them learn. Right, you go to their office. You go to the uh, the the assembly plant or something like that, and say, "Now I'm going to do your job." That sounds and, great. Yeah, Doc, I'll, I'm, I appreciate you offering the job. I'll come in and do an interview for you anytime. <laughs> I love your show. Well, you know, I'm. Uh, it, it's actually great to do interviews because I have the easy job. You have the hard job of uh, you know answering sort of whatever insanity comes to my mind about a life that I, I'm not familiar with and I've never really been on a stage because most people will pay me not to sing. <laughs> so that's the opposite of it so d- can you share one of the haiku that you write under a hashtag gig life i just started writing these haikus to keep myself sane and people really start cracking up when they when they see them uh when i post them to facebook and instagram uh here's an example my car died 11 weeks ago on the way to a gig and it's like hot sun i call the i call the bar owner and he's mad at me that I'm going to be an hour late. Like, I, f- I figure out a way to still get to the gig. I'm going to be there, but my car is dead, okay? I'm on the side of the road. So he's, like, he's like mad. He's like, you got to get here. So I, I get off the phone. I call my wife. She's coming to take me to the gig. I write down this haiku. Hot sun, car broke down, the venue owner steaming like my Ford's engine. It's not as good as my, my Kid Rock one. Let me find my Kid Rock one. <laughs> See, this is why people are asking for Kid Rock, because they know you've got these haiku. Yeah, and I'm a folk singer-songwriter. I mean, I'm a pretty hyper guitar player. I drink a lot of coffee. People ask, what do you sound like? And I say, like, I'm like a James Taylor or Jason Mraz after three three pots of coffee. But Mm -hmm. um, I don't know why they think Kid Rock is in my repertoire. Do your patrons screaming, you gotta play some Kid Rock? No, I really don't. There's a Kid Rock haiku. (laughs) Uh, it, and, and it's just the, do you think it's just the Detroit connection that they say, well, you know, he's in from Michigan, therefore, uh, because that could also be true of Bob Seger, right? He's Michigan. Well, I love Bob Seger. I mean, I, I can play Bob Seger for you at the bar. Um, I, you know, I was playing in Johnson City on my first tour four years ago. And what do people ask when they hear that you're from Michigan? They're asking for Kid Rock. Hmm. <laughs> it's, 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 uh. You know, I think we latch on to certain artists in our hometown, um, and people identify certain artists in your in your hometown too. And you don't really have a choice about that. Right. Uh, and I have nothing against Kid Rock's music, but um, he's met some of my musician friends, and you know, I I'm not going to share those those anecdotes <laughs> on the air. But um, well, I, I can say uh, well two things. Uh, one, I nobody. Uh, I don't know that anyone identifies as coming from Columbus necessarily, so I don't know that if you you know were based here, you'd have that trouble. And two, the only part I take exception to that is calling Kid Rock an artist. Um, <laughs> I, I would I would use the word uh, "please go away" um, yes. or something more along those lines. You know, Kid Rock has never been part of my repertoire either. And, and having said that, now he'll officially never come on a show that covers uh, acoustic. Yeah. Music. <laughs> now, I, I play in college towns a lot, so I mean, you might not have uh, artists that you know are like Kid Rock status. To oh, I've used that that dangerous word, artist again. Right. Yeah, you might uh, have performers. But you, you, you know, Columbus might not 
have that Kid Rock name. But if you play in a college town, you're always going to get asked, you know, like, is it karaoke the minute they see the, see the microphone uh, when you're playing in a bar? Here's a haiku for that. The fact that it's your birthday doesn't change my gig to karaoke. Um, it's it's just nonstop. I mean, it, you're going to get asked crazy stories right. no matter what. And it, you know, I should mention, I'm, I'm sure there are great bands from Columbus that I don't know. Uh, so before I, you know, I don't mind making uh, Kid Rock mad, but I'm not going to make the Columbus bands uh, mad. I'd be happy to, to interview any of them for the radio. Well, Mike Vile, I want to thank you very much for talking to me today. I really look forward to your coming to Columbus with Six String Concerts, November 13th. And uh, we'll have all the links to your website on our website, so folks can check that out, check out your music, check out Burning Bright, and they can get tickets to the Six String Concert. I'm very excited to come to Columbus. For more information from my guests, visit www.crafttheshow.com. This is Doug Dangler. Until next time, be creative. (laughs) 